How do you align sales and marketing? You need a framework. Today, I share how the Revenue Growth Engine framework can help you get sales and marketing aligned to drive results. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. Today, we are going to discover a framework that can help you align sales and marketing to drive more results. Next week, I'm excited to be a part of the Outbound Conference. If you're in sales or lead a sales team, you don't want to miss this incredible event. Outbound is packed with training and inspiration to help you take your results to the next level. I'm looking forward to sharing two different sessions with strategies on how to build your revenue growth engine and how to drive exponential revenue growth. You can attend in person or virtually. Listeners to the Revenue Growth Podcast can get $100 off by using the discount code ALIGNMENT100 at www.outboundconference.com. Companies that want to create sustainable revenue growth need to align marketing and sales. How do you do this? Well, today I'll share how the revenue growth engine can be applied as a framework to align sales and marketing. We'll be joining a session I shared at a recent sales and marketing alignment challenge. You'll discover practical ways to get sales and marketing working together to drive net new business and cross-sell more to your ideal clients. To follow along, you may want to download the Revenue Growth Engine model. And to get a copy, just text the word REVENUE to 21000. That's REVENUE to 21000. And get a printable copy of the Revenue Growth Engine model along with other resources. All right, are you ready to learn? Grab a pen and a notepad and we'll join the session I hosted with Jim Carr after a word from our sponsors. Massive thank you to our friends at VanillaSoft and Daryl Preo for helping make this possible. Check them out at VanillaSoft.com. Uh, get some, get a demo. It's really, really powerful stuff. You know, alignment, as we said at the beginning, Jim, alignment between sales and marketing, it, it ranges between eye roll and or maybe laughter or we've just flat out given up on it. <laughs> you know, it's somewhere, <laughs> somewhere along that perspective. But but the reality is this is something, especially in today's marketplace, where it's so critical, 2021 make or break year for so many companies. So many, um, so many companies had a rough time in 2020. We've got to figure out how to get it done. Other companies had a great time in 2020. They got to figure out how to keep it going. Um, and the reality is if we've joked or laughed or cried about sales and marketing alignment up until now, there are real practical reasons why we need to get uh, in alignment. And I think this 
is one of the many, many stats from the research that shows that sales and marketing alignment, we're here for a reason. And the reason is more than sentiment. It's revenue. Yes. And, and Daryl, uh, and by the way, uh, Daryl Prale had put together, if you saw it in, in our previous sessions, a really funny uh, video <laughs> about kind of the painfully uh, true relationship sometimes between marketing and sales. What, one of the things we've been doing for our series is, is bringing you a, uh, an insight point, a, a stat, a data point or two along the way to give you a sense, because sometimes in these areas, Daryl, people can wonder, is it just me? Um, uh, is it, are others like this who's struggling with this in, in the same way? And what's the, what's the opportunity? And as you showed there, the opportunity is tremendous. Yes. And our encouragement is that, look, sales and marketing don't have to have a love affair. They don't have to be in perfect sync <laughs> alignment That's uh, right. they're close together then um, you're going to get great benefits. And as you said there, you'll be better at closing deals. You'll be better at taking advantage of opportunities. And certainly the frustration level and the wasted time and effort will go down as well. So that's a thing to point toward is what can be the very real benefit. We talked earlier that sometimes this misalignment issue can have, be so understandable and common as to almost be tolerable. It's kind of that's mm -hmm. the way it is. Mm -hmm. And as you talked about, Daryl, the environment now doesn't allow that anymore. That things right. are moving too quickly. It's too complicated. People are too disparate. You're going to miss out if you don't begin to bring these areas together. Well, and that's what we want to talk about today. Um, and today is all about creating a framework so we can have a plan, so we can take action. And, you know, I think sometimes when it comes to sales and marketing alignment, Jim, it's kind of like, uh, looking in that garage, you need to clean out. There's just so much there. You don't know where to start. Um, but no matter if you, if your sales and marketing garage is clean and just needs to be swept and organized or whether it's a disaster, we've got a framework today. How's that for an analogy, Jim? Yeah, that's this a good one. And everyone, we didn't test this, this one out ahead of time. There was nothing like this in rehearsal. <laughs> and I, I tell you that that feeling in your gut, because well, if you're going to clean out the garage and you have a huge mess, well, the first thing is to get everything out. And then you find itself, you're at the end of the afternoon and everything's still out. Right. Is it even worth it? So yes, it is worth it. Well, and that's where I want to go today. And, and today is all about creating a framework for sales and marketing alignment. And I want to share with you um, just some ideas together in terms of how we can think about going about this to create um, create that alignment. I call it uh, in my work, a revenue growth engine. And I like the analogy of building an engine because an engine is something that can help you accelerate. And uh, right now we need to accelerate. You know, I've realized uh, that there, there are all kinds of engines. I actually had an epiphany one day. Uh, we're talking about garage. So I'll go out to my lawn. I was mowing my lawn. I love mowing my lawn because I get to listen to all the great podcasts uh, like the Manager Message podcast with Jim, like to listen to Selling from the Heart and uh, Sales Gravy, all these great podcasts while I mow my lawn. So I'm mowing my lawn, listening to sales and marketing uh, information. And I'm realizing as I'm going across my lawn at, I don't know, 0.5 miles per hour or however fast you mow your lawn, I see my car at the end of the driveway and I realize, you know what? My car has an engine and my lawnmower has an engine. They both get you somewhere 
The reality though, is one of them is fast and one is really, really slow. One will get you there. They'll both, they'll both get you there. But one, when you get on the highway can accelerate. And I don't know about you, but I want an engine in my business that can accelerate, especially in a marketplace where we've got to respond quickly to operations. So I want to share with you some ideas for a framework. This is going to be a six-step framework to begin to think about how to build that engine so that you can accelerate your growth by aligning sales and marketing. And it all begins with sales and marketing. You know, it's kind of funny. This is actually a pretty um, accurate picture of a lot of organizations. Sales is on one side, marketing's on the other. We've got a silo and we've got to break that down. So where do we begin? Well, I think we begin with what Meredith coached us on, and that is strategy. You know, we've got to turn theory into practice. Right now, um, theory is not going to get us where we need to go. Just, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, reading great books, high-fiving, going, yeah, that was really good. That's a, a wonderful, but if that doesn't translate to practice, we're going to be in trouble. And the first way to begin to translate theory to practice is to work together on your strategy. And, you know, what we've got to be able to ask ourselves is when you look at the two ways to grow revenue, and this is all about getting results, all about growing revenue. When you look at the two ways to grow revenue, the reality is there's really only two ways to grow. One, we get more net new business. Two, we cross sell more to our current customers. So when it comes to strategy, we need to get together sales and marketing and begin working on our strategy. In this marketplace in 2021, what are we going to do to drive net new revenue? What are we going to do to cross sell? And Meredith gave us some fantastic tools to begin that discussion. You'll recall if you were at that session with Meredith, she said, you know what? It's a great idea on a regular basis to use the skeptic model. Um, skeptic is an acronym for looking at a together. Let me read it out. Society. What's going on in society? Competition. What's happening with your competition? What's going on with economics, policy, technology, industry, in your industry, your customers, and really looking together and having that guided discussion on a regular basis about where is the opportunity? I think back to that book that, we, that we've all read. If you've been in the corporate world for any amount of time, uh, at one point or another, you've had uh, the book, Who Moved My Cheese?, put on your desk or in your mailbox. The reality is the the cheese, if the cheese is revenue, the revenue is shifting as the market shifts. So this first alignment point is strategy and it's looking together and agreeing together about what we're going to do to capitalize on the opportunities and, and take it as, and use that as a platform to set goals. And while you're at it, um, values, Meredith stressed the importance of shared values uh, between sales and marketing as we're going after this market. So the first thing to do when it comes to building your sales and marketing alignment plan is to, to work on the strategy part of it. Um, and as Meredith said, this doesn't need to be a six-month process. It can't be a six-month process. Uh, it's got to be something fast and it's got to be something agile, but you've got to begin those conversations and make that a habit in your organization. The second point of alignment is your ideal client. Now, 
Mark Hunter coached us on uh, Tuesday of last week on the ideal client profile, the ideal client profile. You need to know and you need to work together as a sales and marketing team on defining who your ideal client and thus also who your ideal prospects are. Um, once again, we're in a dynamic marketplace and we need to understand what's shifted. So if you don't have uh, an ideal client profile, by all means, you know, the action item here is to get together and build one. If you do have an ideal client profile, I want to challenge you to take a fresh look at it. Uh, I believe this is something you should do on a regular basis. And right now, as we're in this turning marketplace, going back to the skeptic, right? Society's changing, competition is changing, um, economics, policy, um, government, all of that stuff's changing right now. So how is that? Um, wh where is your ideal client? And thus, where are your ideal prospects? Do you have it documented? And I would add to this, part of this planning is working together to understand what an ideal client is actually worth. In Revenue Growth Engine, um, I recommend that companies, you know, in the marketing world, we like to like to talk about the lifetime value of a customer. And I've always felt like that was a little bit slippery. So what I, I encourage you to do is look at, say, the 10-year value of an ideal customer. Specifically, ask yourself the question, if this ideal client that we described bought everything they could buy from us over the next 10 years because we had all of the systems, the right messaging, uh, the right experience in place, if they bought everything they could buy from us over the next 10 years, what would they be worth? And when you contrast that to your average client, what you're going to discover or your client that only buys one of the many things they could buy from you, you begin to realize that going all in on ideal clients is extremely powerful. Uh, typically, we discover when we're working with clients and in mapping this out in workshops and identifying the value of an ideal client, that the value is between 20 and 30 times the value of an average client. So we need to know who these people are. If we're going to accelerate growth, we need to understand that, understand it clearly. It's like the 80-20 rule, right? Who are the 20% of your clients that have 80% of the revenue potential? And your prospects in your market, who are the 20% of your mar market that have 80% of the revenue potential? That all begins by identifying ideal clients. So step one is strategy in making a plan. Step two is working together to develop your ideal client profile and update it as necessary. Where do we go next? Well, I'm glad you asked. The next thing, the next thing when it comes to making a plan is to agree on the framework for our message. We've talked about uh, message. Jim Carr led us in a fantastic discussion on getting aligned around message. And by the way, if you don't have Jim's book, The Science of Customer Connections, I recommend uh, you go get it right now. It's a fantastic book on how to align your message and casting vision for things like conversation playbooks for critical conversations. It's pure dynamite. But the reality is when it comes to planning, we need to begin to agree together, not just on our strategy, but on and our ideal clients, but what are we going to say to them? 
what is the core of our message? Um, what problems do they have and how are we going to articulate the way that we can solve those problems? And that is the beginning, putting together a message plan. And then how are we going to take that message and ensure that it's consistently communicated through all of our marketing and sales messaging? And Jeb challenged us yesterday to make sure that that's in alignment, um, that it's not that it's pointed, direct and focused on the actual outcomes that our buyers uh, want, that our clients want. And so alignment point number three in your action plan is looking at that focus message. And you know this is really, really critical time to do this. It's an opportune time uh, because we have obviously, as we're recording this here in March of 2021, we're, you know, we're celebrating uh, the one year. I don't know if celebrate is the right word. We're remembering one year into this pandemic. And the reality is when the pandemic began, began the outcomes that many buyers wanted shifted. Um, I refer back to Gartner Research and the tech space. Um, they went out about a couple months after the pandemic started and said, ask companies, buyers, what are you looking for? Before the pandemic, they would say, oh, we want things like productivity, scalability, all of that. After the pandemic started, they said, no, really what we're buying, what we're looking for is resiliency, enable remote work, redundancy, those types of things. And so you may have been selling the exact same product before and after the pandemic started, but the things your buyers were buying shifted the outcomes they wanted shifted. And I believe those outcomes are going to shift again as we move hopefully into a post-pandemic world. So what does that mean? It means the third point of making a plan is to begin to get agreement around what that message is going to be focused on the needs of the ideal client. So we've talked about strategy. We've talked about ideal client profile. We've talked about building focused message into your plan. Now we get to experience. And when you think about experience, you know, the reality is there is, we, when you look through the eyes of your prospect and customer, Jeb Blunt said it yesterday so well. He said, buying is emotional. So the reality is from the time someone first encounters your company through becoming a client for the first time and their experience as a client as they begin to enjoy all of the different products and services that you offer. The question is, what emotional experience are you creating? And your plan needs to include looking at that experience and uncovering the areas of that experience that just quite frankly, do not introduce good emotions. I think we all have stories of uh, bad emotional experiences with a, a company. In fact, you know, one of the moments that's maybe one of the most emotionally uh, charged moments for a buyer is right after they have approved the paperwork, swiped their credit card, um, said yes, and then this thing sets in called buyer's remorse. How many of you have ever felt buyer's remorse. Now, the interesting thing is as sales and marketing professionals, when that order comes in, 
Um, and you know, when you get that uh, confirmation that they've ordered uh, back in the old days, when I started, we used to get a fax that would come in that said, yeah, you got an order. We'd all ring the bell. We'd all celebrate. Emotions would be at an all-time high. But what happens with our clients is they sign the order and their emotions begin going to an all-time low as they begin to, to experience fear, uncertainty, and doubt. Did I make a good decision? Are they really going to follow through? Is what the salesperson said going to happen? Um, so that's, a for many companies, a low point in the experience. What are you going to do about it? And by the way, just a little teaser, uh, we've got uh, Joey Coleman, uh, author of How to Never, Never Lose a Customer Again. He's going to share on March 19th, what you need to do in the first 100 days with a client to ensure that they become a long-term client. So this experience from the time someone first encounters your company, whether it's a sales call or they find you online, all the way through um, signing the deal and then what it's like being a customer of yours. Where are the gaps? Where's the friction? Where's it kind of icky? Where's it not fun? How could you introduce positive emotion? That's part of your plan. So this, you know, we're unpacking, we're cleaning up the garage here, right, Jim? We're starting, uh, I see Jim laughing in the background. Jim, do you need to clean your garage? Uh, he, we're cleaning the garage. We're start, we started with strategy. Our next step in the plan is to look at the ideal client, then to look at the message uh, we're delivering to that client, then to work together on how could we improve the experience well, the next thing we need to look at is what are the enabling technologies behind all of this? And I will say Daryl Prale gave us a master's degree course from a CRO's perspective in what we need to be thinking about technology. Hard to express all of it in this model right here, but the reality is we need to look at what we're trying to accomplish and understand the technologies that are currently in place um, what needs to be put in place? Do you have the platforms that you need to be able to execute consistently with alignment? Do you have the data that you need? Do you know who your ideal customers are? Do you know who the ideal prospects are in your marketplace? Um, these are really, really critical things if we're going to execute well. And so, um, and most importantly, with whatever you have, does it connect together? Is marketing automation and sales enablement software connecting together? Is there one record of truth, the CRM, where all of this comes together so that we have everything we need to actually be able to deliver that message consistently, deliver that client experience consistently, and ensure that, that we're in place? So when it comes to making a plan to execute on this, um, you need a technology plan inside this. That's a huge part of this. And, and you, you want to make sure that the tech's aligned because you can have all these great conversations and start to put all of this material together. But if the tech doesn't get aligned, you're going to end up uh, in execution. You're going to execute poorly. And that's where you know the skis start pointing in different directions. When that happens, uh, once again, hopefully you're not seeing an orthopedic surgeon, but you may be buried in a snowdrift. So uh, technology alignment is really critical. And the beautiful thing about right now um, with the uh, just rapid advance in sales enablement and marketing automation technology um, combined with the uh, 
universal acceptance of the cloud, we're able to put some things together. You, it's a good time to rethink that in your organization. Look at what's missing, all a part of the plan. Well, the last part of the plan is your processes. And to help you process the processes, or for my Canadian friends to help you process the processes, um, I've broken this down into four distinct types of processes. And two of them are related to net new business, and two of them are related to cross-selling more to your current clients. Two of them lean more towards the marketing side, and two of them lean more towards the sales side. So let's identify these four process categories that you want to have in your plan. One is outbound marketing. Why, Daryl, did you say outbound marketing instead of inbound marketing? Well, that's a topic of a fun discussion and a chapter in my book. But the reality is, yes, of course, inbound marketing. But when you know who your ideal clients are and you know who your ideal prospects are, um, yes, we want the components of inbound marketing there, um, actively interacting with people who are in the market. But one thing that most companies realize when they think about it is that for every person who is, quote unquote, in the market, actively looking for the things they sell, there are dozens of other people who could very much benefit from the solutions to the problems that you offer. And so, yes, inbound, but we also need what I call outbound marketing. And that is a practical application. Other words for that are account-based marketing. And we got some great insights this week from Daryl Prale on how to think about account-based marketing. The idea behind this is to say, process-wise, what are your processes from a marketing standpoint to make sure that your ideal prospects hear from your company on a regular basis with useful information? And so that, that is a core set of processes. How are your outbound marketing processes doing? Are they documented? Are they automated? Um, are they supported with great content? Does everyone understand them or is it just hit and miss? Well, if we want alignment, it's got to be more than hit and miss. And that synchronizes with the second category of processes, and that's outbound selling. If you know who your ideal prospects are, what are your processes to ensure that you have coverage over all of those companies and the decision makers and influencers? Once again, if we want to be aligned and we want to succeed, prospecting needs to become more than just spray and pray and go, you know, y'all make some phone calls. It needs to be um, a process. It needs to be a process that is multiple touches. Um, Daryl talked about, my other brother Daryl talked about the reality that we need multiple touches with our prospects. You can read the research. You know, depending on who you read, it takes between eight, 11, or 14 touches with a cold prospect to get that first in appointment. So, what are your processes in terms of outreach? And uh, so, this is where the sequences, the message to go along with those sequences, the technology, documenting that process, what does outbound selling look like? And once you get a fish on the hook, if you're in the B2B space where, um, you know, research shows us that there are between six and 12 decision makers and influencers involved in the average B2B transaction, I would say not just what's your prospecting process, 
but what is your documented process for building consensus among all the different people on that buying team? Going back to, is it documented? Does it include good, good content? Um, is it built into your tech? Is it shared? Is it measurable? So these are the, the things. And when we get marketing and sales working together around ideal prospects uh, with an outbound marketing and an outbound selling initiative, we're now aligned. We're saying the same thing. We're reaching out to the same companies and decision makers. And uh, we're doing that in a way that is consistent and predictable. That's how we begin to win. There's two other categories. And then we're going to switch to just getting really, really practical in terms of how we do all this. The two other process categories I want to introduce are on the client side. You know, I just want to pause here and say, is your company better at net new business or at cross-selling more to your current clients? Are you better at landing new deals or are you better at taking the deals that you've landed and expanding them? I remember uh, being at a tech conference back when we used to go to conferences uh, about a year and a half ago, and uh, Tiffany Bova was there. Tiffany is fantastic. She uh, was the evangelist for Salesforce.com, wrote a, a fantastic book called Growth IQ. Uh, maybe we'll be fortunate enough to have Tiffany at a future sales and marketing alignment challenge. Wouldn't that be fun? But Tiffany looked at, a, at the audience of sales uh, people, business owners, sales leaders, and said, you are like people in the, the, the 1800s that sold everything and moved to the Klondike. You lugged all your gear over the mountains. You started digging and you kept digging and you kept digging and you finally found a gold nugget. And what you did is you high-fived and you said, we found a gold nugget you went out and celebrated and said, tomorrow, we're going to go find another gold nugget. <laughs> the reality, the absurdity of that is you found a gold mine and you're moving on to the next deal. I, I have to say that approximately two thirds of the companies I talk to um, do just that. Uh, they end up, they, they're great. They're aggressive at net new. They land a deal and they move on. So what are your processes to cross sell? Because when you get net new and cross sell going at the same time, that's when you get your acceleration. So what are the processes for cross-sell? Well, um, client management. You know, uh, Mark Hunter likes to say, you don't close a deal, you open a relationship. I really like that. Um, the mentality is the selling doesn't stop the first time they sign something. In most organizations where you have multiple products and services, the selling is only just begun when you get that first deal. So now the question is, what are your processes for client management, what's in place, what needs to be added, what needs to be improved and go back to these things around, is it documented, is it shared, is there content supporting it, is it measurable, um, is it supported with technology? And client communication, marketing plays a huge role in this as well. The, the, it's not just about generating net new leads, it's about taking these clients that we've landed and mining the gold sharing more insights, adding more value, starting more conversations and beginning to um, fully equip them. Um, author Jay Abraham, one of my favorite authors says, we have an obligation to make sure that every one of our clients gets the best and highest value from our company. 
yet in most organizations, since we don't have the processes in place, you know, we uh, kind of go, yeah, we probably should sell more to our current clients, but without the processes, it doesn't happen. Thank you for joining us for this session on sales and marketing alignment. If you'd like to listen in on the other sessions from the sales and marketing alignment challenge, I encourage you to go to 2021alignmentchallenge.com and get the recordings from our incredible presenters. This is all about taking action and getting aligned. And I want to encourage you, get your sales and marketing people together in the same room. If you'd like to get a copy of Revenue Growth Engine so you have a common framework in order to talk about and take action on alignment, just go to revenuegrowthengine.net and click on the link to get a free book. I'll send you one, just pay shipping and handling, and we'll get one in your hands. The important thing is we get moving forward, we get aligned, and we drive results. So I encourage you to take action, and until next week, let's get going, and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.